Hello everyone and welcome back to Nine Lives episode 13. Woo 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 woo. <laughs> That's my impression of a spooky ghost because not only is it October, the best month of the year, spooky season, um, but it is Halloween time. I mean it, it's not Halloween yet but the whole month of October is the month of Halloween in my opinion. It is my favourite holiday. Uh, we get to dress up, watch spooky stories. The autumn weather is coming in. That means lovely autumnal runs. So this week, we're going to take a break from talking about fitness. Um, and we're going to talk about some stuff that I am very passionate about because I think these are tools that could really change people's lives. And I speak a lot about the importance of mental health and self-actualization and self-discovery, I personally believe that that is far more important than any amount of physical fitness that you can do. And obviously they're both important. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't, you've got to sort both out. But in my opinion, your quality of life is going to be better if you are able to sort out what's going on internally and also just kind of understand other people a little bit more and how you move through this world and I hope in this episode to give you some tools or at least a little bit of an understanding of some topics that I have come to understand very acutely in the last few years for reasons that I shall go into in this episode but also uh, just through my own sort of journey and through therapy too. And I'm very aware that being able to be in therapy is a, an incredible privilege uh, to be able to afford it. So I am not a clinical psychologist, nor am I a therapist, but I would really love to be able to give you some things that I have learned that really, really, I mean, have changed my life and changed how I move through the world. So today we're going to be talking about spiritualism and the ego how to live soulfully, and how to kind of just be yourself without worrying about what other people think about you. So I come into this podcast studio on the train. Um, it's quite a long journey for me. Well, it's not long. It's about an hour. I live in the West, <laughs> the wild West of London, where the green spaces and deer are. And I'm in town now. So I get on the district line. Um, and it was really funny because I was sort of, I've been researching this episode for about a month now. And um, one of the topics that I'll speak about is gossip and gossiping about other people. But it was just very interesting because I got on the train this morning and I heard sort of a collective of colleagues gossiping about people in their office and speaking about how someone in their office is very annoying and very weird. And it really reminded me of what I used to be like when I was very self-conscious and wounded um, and I used to project that onto other people and sort of say like, oh, she's weird, she's this, she's that, you know, nasty gossiping behavior. And now I look around the train and I see everyone and I see them as myself and I see everyone as having their own story and their own complexities. And I really, I just move through the world with a sense of sort of like really a lot of love and compassion and understanding and patience for other people. And it makes my mental health and my self-perception a lot better. And I just thought that was a very interesting thing to come across that this morning because I was like, wow, that's so funny because if that person heard what their colleagues were saying, they would prob probably be quite hurt. 
unless they knew that in fact that person is just projecting and is very wounded and is jealous or envious or anyway we'll get into all of these topics so the way I was before when I was very wounded and self-conscious uh was this sort of like need for constant projection onto other people and now I know how to recognize when an unhealed part of myself is projecting onto other people and that is when I know to move to my higher self. It's beautiful to be able to live life uh, with love in my heart and without spite and to move through the world with empathy and to do no harm but I also want to say before we talk about all of this do not get this twisted for a moment do no harm, but take no shit. When you know yourself, and I mean really know yourself, other people's opinions, which are merely projections of their own shadow self, will not matter. And boy, is that freeing. To be so authentically yourself and give no care about what others think, because it does not matter. What matters is your time on this earth. This also helps with fitness in part, you know, being able to be new at something and not give a shit what people think, set goals so ridiculously high that people laugh. And you can turn around and say, watch me. But it's important that you learn that people don't hate you. They hate themselves. So we're going to have a little chat about psychology and spirituality. This goes without saying, but I'm not a clinical psychologist. These are just some of the things I've learned along the way. I have a very shallow grasp on these complicated and nuanced topics. So please forgive me if, my, if I misspeak. Uh, or it feels like I'm watering them down. I'm, I'm talking mostly anecdotally from personal experience. I'm also aware that I'm blending both scientific findings and my own hippie woo-woo mentality. So bear with me on this one. Um, one day I hope to have a psychologist on the podcast to have a conversation uh, and a neuroscientist. Uh, I have my eye on a few people. I have some big dreams. <laughs> Who knows? Nine lives. We'll see. Maybe next year. Uh, anyway, I digress. So the ego and letting go, uh, the soul or higher self over ego. So drop the ego is a common term and I believe that to be true in letting people see the real you and also you seeing the real you, which is the softness, the wants, the desires, the shadow self, everything that makes you you without the sort of wall that we put up for other people. So unless you learn to drop the ego, you aren't going to know yourself and you aren't going to know who you truly are and what you truly want. But there are many definitions of the ego. To put it simply, it's your sense of personal identity or feelings of self-importance. It helps you to identify your uniqueness, to stand up for yourself or to put plans into action. It is, however, incredibly important that you notice how your ego impacts your decisions as it can be a negative influence. If you can think of a time where you've done or said something that had negative consequences, this might have been your misguided ego at play. Having an awareness of your ego plays a large part in improving your relationship with others as well as your ability to manage others and yourself. I have found that in becoming more aware of my ego, it has made me so much happier. So to put this in kind of more simple terms for you to understand, if we think of the ego self and the higher self as two parts of yourself and the ego self is living in a victim mentality, has more of a scarcity mindset, sees mistakes and is very, very critical and complains about everything. And that's a, that's a really important one, the complaining and the negative, always finding the negative, always complaining about things. The higher self takes accountability to create a different reality. So instead of complaining about things, you're thinking, okay, 
not going to sit here in the victim mentality. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to move. I know that my higher self is capable and I know that I am capable of change and I produce my own reality. I create my own worlds. I am the creator of worlds. It also lives in an abundance mindset. So, you know, this is someone who sees possibility and resources everywhere. So this is someone who you might think is resourceful or who's a good example, maybe like David Goggins, for example, someone who just, you know, runs these crazy, crazy ultra marathons um, on broken shins and broken feet. And it's very extreme, but he's someone who just sees the abundance of possibility in front of him rather than saying, I've broken my foot, I'm going to stop, which please God, if you break your foot, don't run an ultra marathon. This is a little bit of a strange example, but he's someone who sees the possibility and sees the abundance and accountability and creates his reality. It's also someone in their higher self will see mistakes as lessons instead of endings. So, I mean, God, I make mistakes every single day. You know, I run a business, I do this podcast, I, I'm, I got a lot going on and I make mistakes every day. Every single day I make mistakes and I just see them as like a little lesson and I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, cool. Next time we'll do something else. However, I used to see mistakes as fatality. You know, it was like, it's over for you. You're done. KO, knockout. You're on the floor. It's over, but it's not. It's just a chance for you to learn and try again. And any successful person if you listen to any other podcasts, you know, and you hear these people who are founders or CEOs or athletes will tell you that failure and mistakes is the, I mean, it's just so important. It, it, it creates lessons and it teaches you how to go along this path and how to get to your goals. Uh, a higher self person or someone who's in touch with a higher self is also someone who's incredibly grateful. So someone who lives in gratitude, uh, and finds joy in little moments. So this is someone who doesn't need, you know, the big shows of, of wealth or the big things in life. It's someone who moves through the world. For example, let's take, you know, myself, my trail running. I would be much happier and much more fulfilled to go on a trail run and do some foraging and look for wildflowers and mushrooms. And that would create a lot of joy for me. I'm not saying this creates joy for everyone. Obviously we all have different things that we like. Not everyone's gonna be into foraging, but that's something that's uh, I feel my higher self call to because it's joy in the little moments and that's free and that's accessible for me. And I know that I can always have that. Whereas maybe an ego self would need or lean towards the need for fancy cars, shows of wealth, um, posturing on social media, like um, things like that, which again, are not necessarily bad things and not, necessar not necessarily uh, completely entwined to the ego because a lot of people do find that sort of lifestyle to be aspirational and it motivates them to work hard. And you know, I'm not saying you can't buy nice cars or nice things. You know, I like my fashion. I understand it's good to have goals in that way. But I think grounding yourself in finding joy in the little moments is definitely more of a higher self mindset. So I hope that makes a little bit more sense on sort of the ego versus the higher self and 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 what it means. So releasing the ego, for example, making lots of mistakes as we, as we spoke about, seeing myself as completely imperfect. You know, I will never be perfect. I will always be imperfect. And I accept myself as imperfect and as someone who will always make mistakes. Knowing that I am no better than others, 
So when I look at someone on the street, I know that I am no better than them, regardless of what shoes I have on my feet, what job I do, what friends I have, what family I have, what home I have, I am no better than anyone else. Knowing that when I feel jealousy or spite or think negative thoughts of others, that that is my ego talking and it is holding up a mirror to the parts of myself that are unhealed or represent things that I want. And this is a really important one. <clears throat> and I think it's very prevalent now in this time of social media. And I really feel for the young men and women who are growing up with access to social media. I had uh, Instagram was invented when I was turning 19 so I was very lucky in that I my formative teen years were away from social media. And I think that's really helped in a lot of ways. But obviously, I have a lot of uh, experience with it now. And one thing I've noticed is that when people are triggered by something positive happening in my life, it's because I'm holding up a mirror to something that they want. And I think it's really interesting because when you have that reaction to something, it's an excellent way of getting to know yourself. So... For example, if you see someone walking through the gym, you see a girl walking through a gym and she looks smoking hot. She's wearing little tennis shorts. <laughs> and if your reaction to that is, oh, God, oh, no, what do you, no, she looks awful or, you know, that's maybe uh, your ego sort of just telling you, like, this is something that you want. This is what you want. And learning and reprogramming yourself to be able to say, Okay, I know that's something I want, but I'm able to see the beauty in others and accept it as not uh, a reduction of the beauty in myself. It's just maybe this could be a sign that this is something I work towards or it could be a sign that I need to work on healing the part of myself that has envy or jealousy. And this is why people say negative things about you, usually. And it's important to remember it's their ego projecting. So as you grow older and something about getting older which is so beautiful and my friends and I I'm sort of the youngest in my friend group but we're all sort of early 30s I have friends in their 40s as well they will all tell you the same thing as you get older you just <laughs> don't care as much about what people think about you because you become more and more yourself the more you move through life and the more that you understand about others and your place in the world you can sort of let these projections fall off you like water off a duck's back and it's the same with social media, you know. I don't really read comments unless it's from community members that I know and trust, but sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, gosh, that is such a projection. It's really, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. I hope that person can work on on healing that part of themselves. But I, not for a second does it cross my mind that that's about me because these people don't know me. And it's the same with bullying at school or, or family and friends, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but you cannot let others' self-perception get in the way of your light. You have to keep shining. And the more you do shine, unfortunately, the more others will try to put out your light as you are showing inadvertently things that they lack. And that's really important to remember. You've got to let yourself shine as bright as you can without the worry of other people. <laughs> I know I say it time and time again, but you really are capable of anything you put your mind to. And when you start to move into that space where you really have that belief in yourself, it can be very, very terrifying for other people. So <clears throat> another concept uh, to think about is the concept, and it's something that I, I have sort of coined and say a lot to myself when I'm feeling 
uneasy in the world or I feel like I don't know where I'm quite belonging or I, I just feel a bit uncomfortable is you are me and I am you. Um, and I'm going to read a quote from The Power of Now, uh, which is an amazing book by Eckhart Tolle. This myth of other than me has been responsible for wars, the rape of the planet and all forms and expressions of human injustice. After all, who in their right mind would harm another if they experienced that person as part of themselves? He then goes on to talk about some uh, medical papers that have, but I, I think that that quote is the, that part of the quote is the most important bit. Who in their right mind would harm another if they saw saw them as part of their own selves? And that is so true. And I think it's really easy for us as human beings to remove ourselves from one another and have this strange sort of detachment from other people, especially now with social media creating this like really weird thing where we're all just consuming other people's lives and seeing them not quite as human, seeing them as sort of these cyber cyborgs. And I just think, you know, if you could take anything away from this today, I really hope maybe you could reflect on the fact that we are all one. And I know that... <laughs> I know that can come off as like hippie woo woo nonsense. I get it. You know, I, look, if I heard this a few years ago, I'd be like, come, come on. We are all one. Go hug a tree. But it is very, very true. And I think it's just it's also like, you know, human beings are inherently tribal and we all fall into our little groups. And we really like we really like to categorize people. So like she's a goth. He's a he's preppy. He's a this. She's a that. And that this is what causes sort of this div div division of people. And it's really, really important that we remember that all of us experience pain and suffering in the same way. All of us experience joy in the same way. All of us call our mums or dads or whoever when we're upset and we feel things very deeply. And when you start to realize that, it's going to be so much easier for you to move through the world with love and then in turn not project your unhealed shit onto other people and then not cause pain for other people so it's a cycle it's 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 a cycle and just leading with love is so so important so next time you're on the train or public transport or walking down the street look around notice people just try 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 to release the anger release the projection see us all as one so Speaking of social media, uh, we're going to talk about trolls um, because I think this is like a really good example of people who are very, very unhealed and very unhappy. And I would say, in my opinion, they're sort of like one of the lowest forms of human being, <laughs> lowest vibrational forms of human being, um, because gossip and gossiping and talking bad about people or projecting onto other people your own shit is... It's basically you're holding up a sign saying, I don't like myself. I'm very self-conscious and I don't like myself. And you're showing me something that I want deep down. And so I'm going to project my shit onto you. So a psychoanalytic study suggested that people with antisocial, narcissistic behavior and sadistic personality disorder are more likely to, to perpetrate trolling behavior. These people derive pleasure and enjoyment from being intentionally cruel to others. So they are really, really the worst of the worst. And I, I'm speaking about this not from any part of me that's been hurt by this, but I 
I see it a lot in young women and men who grow up in this time of social media and deal, I mean, just down to little things like I have younger family members who tell me about just how bad it is. And I had no idea, but obviously growing up with TikTok and Instagram, there's this sort of like expectation to share your life and constantly be sharing and sharing and sharing. And people will always have opinions because they're people and it's none of your business what people think of you. But it's that strange cultivation of people deriving pleasure from commenting on other people negatively. And it's so sad to see because, I mean, those people aside, they're, they've got their own stuff going on. But to think of the girl alone or boy alone in their bedroom at night, reading the comments from peers, people at school, negative th things being said about themselves. And I wish, because I had this happen to me, not on, we had Facebook growing up and I had a really bad spell of being very, very badly bullied on Facebook. Lies being told about me, rumors being spread. Um, and now I look back and through therapy, I've worked on this a lot in therapy because I have a very big wound with the bullying that happened to me at school. And it's just healing now, just sometimes I still get triggered, but it's, it's healing. Um, which is lovely um, to feel it healing. But I look back now and I, and I now know that I, my existence was scaring a lot of people because I was going against the status quo in the way that I dressed in the music that I listened to and the things that I said. People thought I was weird. And, you know, when a kid goes against the status quo, the usual thing is to bully them because people find it difficult. And they also find jealousy in your self-expression because what is more beautiful than a person who knows themselves and is brave enough to express it so all of these kids who are very conformist and conforming and being in this sort of group see that kid who's like being themselves and they become very jealous and they're like no you can't do that you're weird you smell you're a goth you're an emo you know I've heard it all um not to mention all the bullying around the body image, but that is a separate podcast. Um, but yeah, your girl went through it at school, that's for sure. So it's just really, really important to remember, again, these are people's projections onto you. Um, so this leads me on to my next sort of topic to talk about, which is something called tall poppy syndrome. Now, tall poppy syndrome is sort of this idea that you, when someone grows tall and is exceeding beyond their peers, that the reaction of others, your accomplishments, is what is wanting to cut you down. It's a very interesting one, and I think it can be seen even as low as when you think about school. And if you were really into something and really good at something and really like interested, people will call you a teacher's pet, people call you a nerd, people call you a dork. It's like this stifling of someone's fire and spark and flame that people want to dogpile on you and put it out and be like shush no you can't break out stay with us where where we're sad it's breaking out and realizing and when you do break out you'll be like oh my god there's so much that I can learn there's so much to life people will try and bring that down but it's important to remember that you you have to you have to fight through and discover what it is that makes you you and what incredible potential you have so getting recognized for your accomplishments should be a cause for celebration 
And sometimes it feels like your successes have made you the target of criticism, gossip or sabotage. And this is the social phenomenon known as tall poppy syndrome. It goes back to ancient times. It also appears in cultures all around the world. The Japanese expression, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down, which I love. I love that expression. It's so it's brilliant way of looking at it. And that refers to something similar. The phenomenon is also described as crab bucket mentality, referring to the behavior of crabs in a bucket. A lid is not needed because if one gets close to escaping, the other crabs will pull it back down into the bucket. I mean, beautiful analogy. Tall poppy syndrome occurs in other contexts as well, including family and friends. Most frequently, it arises when the perpetrator feels a cluster of negative emotions, including the following. Envy, low self-esteem, resentment or fear, triggered by your successes and acting in their own subconscious behaviours to protect their own ego. This is why it is so important to have an understanding of your own self so you can go through life without the weight of others' projections or shit they carry around with them. Keep shining bright and being bloody weird. Shine on, you crazy diamond. <laughs> so, another thing. I would like to speak about and I will say I will do separate episodes delving more into these and having guests on that I can delve into them with I just thought I'd give an overview of some things that I think could really help you understand these topics now time in solitude so people are probably asked thinking okay yeah you're giving us all of this but how do, how do I actually figure out who I am without all of this stuff and how do I begin to even not care about what people think how one thing I will say, and I know it's probably not going to be the easiest thing to hear, but something that I have uh, figured out really works for myself and really works for other people who I've spoken to is time and solitude and being alone. That doesn't mean that you have to go off into the mountains and live like a hermit for 30 days and 30 nights. It just means that maybe for 45 minutes of the day you go on a walk or maybe you go on a run for 60 minutes without headphones or you walk your dog or you go into the woods and you sit underneath a tree without the distractions of other things because we are so distracted nowadays god it's so it really makes me sad but the amount of people that must not know themselves because they're constantly stimulated by tiktok or whatever else time and solitude the beauty of being alone is so important so so important so that time that i had in france for example and i i haven't spoken about this but perhaps now is the time but just before I went to France for those who don't know and haven't listened to the whole podcast uh my grandma has a house in France it's a crazy old farmhouse it's mental it's full of spiders and it's my favorite place on earth and I go there I run I journal I work I have these times where I'm like a little monk <laughs> I'm not like a monk but it feels like that and it is just before I went to France that time I was having a lot of panic attacks because work had become very, very stressful and entrepreneurship for me has been a very difficult thing. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not a perfect example of a human being, so I do make mistakes, but my working hours are pretty crazy. For example, like, you know, I was shooting all day yesterday, then I had clients, then I had more clients and then I had some other stuff to do that I was doing until like 8 p.m., got up at five to prep for this podcast I'm doing this I have to go to another shoot you know it anyway I'm not complaining it's an amazing amazing life and I'm so grateful for what I'm building 
but it's very difficult and I feel the weight of the pressure of people looking to me for inspiration and I feel the weight of the pressure to be positive all the time even though I know you guys know that I I struggle but I was having very big panic attacks because I mean social media is awful and we all know this but anyway I took a vow that I would go to France and I would do this ultramarathon training and I would end it in an ultra and I remember saying to myself that when I run that ultramarathon things will be different on the other side um because I really it was I was feeling really bad really quite scary actually and I went and I was alone and I ran every morning and I meditated every morning and I worked really hard but I kept you know I stopped at 6 p.m which was new for me and I would go and turn my phone off spend time with my mum uh or go and look for animals and I started to rediscover who I was and what I wanted without the constant noise but I also for those who don't know I didn't really date in my 20s I had a couple of really bad experiences but I was single for a very long time and in that solitude I also learned a lot about myself I think you can definitely learn a lot about yourself in relationships 100% but the time of being single and living alone I really think I learned a lot about myself so solitude does not necessarily mean loneliness it can actually be a time for you to discover a lot about yourself so if you're wondering about how to maybe start I would suggest having time alone maybe looking at some meditation some guided meditation or looking at doing some journaling walking or running just the quietness of the mind to be with yourself because you are your oldest friend and I get to know myself through solitude but also through hard work both both physical and in my career but you may find yourself through the softness of meditation or the softness of other things in your life you know just because I do it one way doesn't mean it works for everyone, but it's just an idea. So moving on from that, another part of yourself that you should get to know is your shadow self. And this is a very, this is a huge topic that I will most likely butcher, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just trying to impart the knowledge that I have. But the shadow self is the part of yourself. Um, and, and Carl Jung was the one who discussed this Uh so the shadows are the suppressed or unconscious part of your personality. The shadow is, so to say, the dark side of the personality living in the shadows. The personal unconscious consists of all that which is incompatible with the conscious and identifications of the self. Without conscious dealings with this unconscious shadow, it is only perceived outside of the self and is therefore then projected onto others. So this is a really, really interesting topic and it's one that I think is very, very important for all human beings, first of all, to hold up your hands and admit, I have some stuff about myself that's really bad, or not bad, but is incomplete and isn't nice. And sometimes I'm not right. And sometimes, you know, I can't be right all the time. And I, and I do have these things that I do that are nasty. And knowing that that is your shadow self and your unhealed self is so important for your dealings with other people, but your dealings with the world. But it's also important to understand when other people's shadow self are acting instead of their higher self. And you know, OK, that's their shadow talking to me. And sometimes I even visualize it when, I don't know, I'm in a meeting and someone's being really shitty or they're talking down to me. I literally like visualize their shadow like coming out of them and talking to me with like glowing eyes and I'm like that's your shadow that's got nothing to do with me let's just wait until the shadow goes back inside goes back inside okay it's going and they're back 
So it's actually a really, really impressive tool to have to know when someone's shadow self is acting instead of their higher self. And I see this a lot in family dynamics and friend group dynamics as well. So I think it's just, God, if I was younger and I knew this, I'd be so powerful. <laughs> but if you do feel someone starting to project, maybe you could visualize that shadow self, that like bad part of them acting. And then sometimes what happens is two shadow selves will start to meet like the people gossiping on the train. And that's two shadow selves that are playing and the shadows become really powerful and very dark. And this is, oh God, this, I'm going down a rabbit hole now, but this is how you see collective badness and people and collective bad ideas, bad political beliefs and we're going to avoid those but you know that's how these people become sort of entrenched in these bad ideas and they feed off each other's evilness and yeah it's just very important to realize that that's the shadow but you also have your higher self and everyone has one too so you will never please everyone in your life you'll never please everyone it's impossible so just release control so I mean the amount of people think I'm weird and annoying the amount of people who think I run slow, I run fast, who make comments. You'll never please everyone, ever, you know. I spend time championing slow running, fast runners get mad. I run a fast PB, people say it's not fast. People say, oh, you're not a slow runner now. You know, it's like, dudes, you're never going to please everyone. So just release control, baby. Just let your freak flag fly. Your tribe will find you as well if you're being the most authentic version of yourself. They will find you. They will love you. I promise. So people will use you as a mirror throughout your life. And I think it's really important to remember that. Um, but I thought I would give you some tools now to sort of deal a little bit with your own ego. Things that I have learned along the way of like how to deal with when I can feel it happening. So I'm going to give you four tips one, number one, is stop getting offended. So a quote from the Dalai Lama, don't let the behaviors of others destroy your inner peace. Simple, effective. The actions or words of others shouldn't be the reason for you to become upset. And I know that's easier said than done, guys. I know. Okay, I still I get upset every day. <laughs> but this is just if we were, let's say, if in an ideal world, your ego is trying to persuade you that the world should be the way you want it to be, which is illogical. So try to put a stop to this. Number two, this is a hard pill to swallow. And I had to really deal with a lot of this about a year ago. And I had a big whoa, moment a year ago when our penny dropped and I was like, okay. So number two, you are not your reputation or your achievements. The less you need to take credit for your accomplishments or have people recognize them, the more you are free to achieve in life. The ego seeks external validation and ties self-worth to reputation and achievements. This dependence can lead to a constant need for recognition and hinder genuine personal growth. Huge. When I, when I, when I figured this out, I was like, oh, okay. Who are you doing these things for? Who are you running these races for? Why are you building this business? Why are you doing all of this, Cassia? Is it for you? Is it for validation? I had to really switch some things around in the way that I was living life. And now I do things because it's serving my higher self. Sometimes, sometimes I'll put them out into the world for people to share the joy with me and be inspired. But most of the time I keep things private and I just allow it to sort of buoy me on along the sea 
to personal growth, genuine, quiet, personal growth. So that's a, that's a big one. Number three, you are not right all the time. Your ego is the source of a lot of conflict and disagreement. The ego craves being right and often creates unnecessary conflicts or disagreements. It obstructs personal growth and hinders meaningful connections with others. So this is very prevalent nowadays where we live in a very divisive world where it's black and white, it's wrong or right. And I think knowing that we all exist in the sort of in-between and you're actually never right and always being open to learn from others, always knowing that... You, I mean, you cannot be right all the time, but other people will always have things to teach you. And if you disagree with them, that is okay. People will always have different beliefs. It doesn't make anyone right or wrong. It just means that everyone has something to learn. And there's an interesting quote, which I'm probably gonna butcher, but oh, I can't remember who said it now, but it was, uh, truth dies when conversation ends and that's so true you cannot not you cannot just cancel everyone all the time and say I cannot hear from you having conversations with people you disagree with or being you know open to learning new things of course around the topics that are kind that are fair that are non-bigoted this is what I'm talking about I'm not talking about people who are obviously evil um having that personal growth and learning from other people, but being open in the world, being open to new experiences, being open to new information is a beautiful way to live. Number four, the last one, don't be superior. Authentic leadership isn't about being better than someone else. It is about being better than you used to be. The ego seeks to establish superiority over others, which can lead to arrogance and a disregard for others' feelings and perspectives. So I spoke about this on my story yesterday. But my this podcast, my socials, is a space for everyone. It's a space for ultra runners. It's a space, space for powerlifters, advanced people in fitness. But it's also a space for people who are struggling to get out of bed. And the safe spaces that I create for those people it is not an invitation for people who are really advanced in fitness to barge into those safe spaces and say, I'm superior, I'm better, I'm this, I'm that. I, you know, having that understanding and empathy for other people, knowing that you are, you are not better than someone else, you are just better than you used to be. But also when you are better than you used to be, it is then your responsibility as a human being on this planet to look behind you and lend your hand out and say, hey friend, do you need some help on this path? I've got these tools. I can help you. And I think that's what being a good coach is all about as well. Um, it's just lending a hand to other people who are behind you. And I don't think it's necessarily behind. I think that it's just at a different place or maybe people who haven't learned as much as you have yet. Um, it's really important to remember that. So that is today's podcast. <laughs> I think we we went through a lot we went through a lot of different things so I hope that lands with some people and I hope you learned some things and I hope this could maybe be just a little bit of comfort to you uh in this time of just constant criticism and constant divisiveness of human beings um I hope this can be a comfort and I hope you learn to really live as your authentic self um and not let others opinions of you matter because they don't and because they're about themselves, they really are. So we're going to end on a poem, <clears throat> as we always do. Um, actually, I'm going to ask you guys uh, if you could submit some poems for me. 
um if you could just dm me on instagram your favorite poems that would be amazing um because i just i'd love to have some community suggestions i love poetry love 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 poetry but i think it'd be beautiful to have you guys suggest some so if you do have a favorite poem please dm it to me um and i'll begin a little list to read out in the uh podcast before the end of the year so this is a poem from mary hugh from magdalene poems the landing and it's a very short one um but it's about knowing yourself letting the wall go down and I understood that if I kept it all up no one would know me a dim light far in the distance no to love I had to be there I had to be there to be loved it's a short one but it's very powerful I think definitely made me tear up when I first read that and I knew that meeting meeting myself meant I could meet others more authentically and that and that's very very true the friendships and the love that I have for my fiance and the love I have for myself is so authentic and so deep and so true now and oh I get emotional thinking about it but yeah if I think about old Cassia and just how much and how little she knew herself and how angry and bitter she was about the world oh but it just goes to show you can change and you can live life in the light um be a positive happy driven successful person so take hope my friends uh there is change to come if only you try so I hope this uh I hope this helped I hope this this left you feeling light and uh I love you all helps me a lot if you give this podcast a five star rating uh please follow me on spotify on instagram i'm always down to chat i love hearing your feedback um just delighted delighted to have this space it's so, it's so wonderful so i'll leave you uh until next week next week we're going to be talking all about discipline uh the magical power <laughs> discipline uh and how we get it how we achieve it how we keep it um all those good things so with love, my friends, I'll leave you until next week. <laughs>